Hi, Chris Christoffi here. On my podcast, Relentless Life on Your Terms, with a special guest, Mr. Carlos Ferri. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Now, Brazilian-born entrepreneur, we're here today for the Young Entrepreneur Australia Awards, which I understand you won the Sydney Award, didn't you? That's correct. You won the financial services? No, the professional, professional services. Services and overall. That's right. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you very much. So reading up on your story, you came to Australia about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, is that correct? Correct. And you couldn't speak a, speak a word of English. That's right. So you decided it was a good idea to come to a different country, you couldn't speak a language, and then start a bunch of businesses. Well, in fact, the, the whole idea was um, trying to come to Australia to learn English and then go back to, to Brazil and then really um, keep working for the company I was working for. But then um, 12 months, pretty much 14 months after that, I had an idea, why not I actually do what I'm doing, which at that point I was working already with a transport company and then I had an idea of why I, I don't actually open my own transport company. Um, and that, that was pretty much how everything got started. And I love the term, and you hear a lot serial entrepreneur, but I can definitely say it counts for you. You have companies in logistics, HR, so on. What are all your companies? And you obviously you started in, you said logistics? Yes. And then it spread onto a bunch of other companies. So a lot of people, when they ask me, Carlos, why you've got all these businesses? And I'll tell them exactly what happened. I was just trying to solve a problem. So my first company was pretty much subcontracting, uh, delivering uh, for big corporations in Australia. So I was working for Grace Brothers, I was working for other small companies as well. But then there was a situation where they didn't have enough people to work for them. And the way I was training my people, they were loving it. So then we created a pile of people, which was pretty much to train people and then outsource their work. And that was when we had a transition out of actually doing work on the road, we start managing international warehouses. And then they didn't have a software to do that. Then I thought, hang on, I need to fix this problem. It's my responsibility to get the KPIs right. So then we created the pile of Go, which is the software that transport companies use pretty much to go from end to end and track the whole thing. And then from there, we just start growing and giving um, companies consultancy and working all the way through. So a lot of people, they ask me, Carlos, but then, why would you go a little bit out of that and then have uh, an exchange program agency? And the whole idea was, I was an international student myself. And what I realized was, someone gave me a chance, even though I couldn't speak English, I learned the language, and then I start applying all the experience I had in my career. So then I thought, if I can do that to people and I can do it in scale, well then, I'm not just helping my businesses because I'll be able also to uh, give these people a chance to work for Australian companies. And what I actually really liked about that is when you mix the cultures and you mix actually the attitude. So when you have Australians okay. working with Brazilians, with Italians, with Japanese and Chinese, so you actually have a completely different solution rather than you just having Australians or just Brazilians. And that was the whole idea behind the scenes. So now we actually launched this platform that works um, with these students, but pretty much to empower them to enroll themselves in universities, English courses. But as we work around the world, if you actually want to go to Cuba and learn how to dance salsa, you can do that as well. I've got two left feet. Do you think you can even help me? Well, probably there will be a school somewhere around the world that's interested on that. <laughs> well, look, that, that's amazing. So basically, 
it's not only about solving a problem, it's also giving back to the community because you're actually an, an expat coming to Australia thinking, how would I find work? So you thought, if I can provide this opportunity for other people, what a difference. Now your company I read has over 100 people now in Asia, Singapore and Brazil, which is remarkable. How do you manage so many people? I have around 50 and I find that a constant juggle to, to well, It is actually a problem and if you ask me what's the solution, there is no solution. So in the same way that every day we enjoy ourselves and having nice people coming through, every day we might actually have an issue or a problem that people just don't click with your mission. So if you ask me really, what's my job as the CEO? My job as the CEO, it's to make 100% sure my employees, they understand my mission. And my second job is making sure we've got enough money to execute our mission. That's my two jobs, nothing else. So, and then of course you need to employ managers and you need to employ directors and you need to employ good people and give them a chance to actually do it their own. If they follow the mission, just give them freedom to make the decision. Yes, they will make mistakes, but you Doesn't need to, everyone? that's exactly right. You need to empower them anyways. So, and that's I think why I, I had the chance to start growing uh, quite fast because I was giving people enough freedom to really go there, make their own mistakes, but on the process, the company was growing. And on the process, people are really getting our mission. I love that. I've got a similar philosophy in my businesses. I don't mind if you make a mistake. I ask them, what have you learned from the experience? What would you do for next time? That's the only two processes I follow. And you don't want to micromanage every part because you can't micromanage 100 people. And who would want to micromanage 100 people is the second question. But the scale of the business I found is very impressive. And I asked that question, which you already answered. What's the main cause of a CEO, your main mandate? And me, it's just to grow my team and to give my clients a great return, being in the financial services sector as well. I think it's probably the most important thing. So, and when you mentioned back somebody gave you a chance, even though they couldn't speak English, because they backed you as an individual. And entrepreneurship's a lot about backing yourself or backing the person in that case, which... It is true. And, and what I find now is a lot of people, they come to me um, through a very different process. So now I have been doing a lot of uh, public speaking and really telling people my story, telling people how I got started and all, uh, not just the successes, but also my failures. And when I do that, people after the talk, they came to me and I said, would you give me a chance? And I'm like, yes, of course I can give you a chance if you show me that you're better than me. So I will not hire anybody if I feel they're not better than me. I want to be in the room with people that are all better than me. So if I empower people to feel that way, there is no other way, there is no other way. Your company will grow, the culture within your, your group, your team will, will you know, just be nice and, and positive. And I think that's the main idea here. Mm. A real entrepreneur, it's not about the position, it's not about the statuses. It's not even about the money. It's really about the legacy. But we're not building your company for the legacy, but in the process, you're actually creating your legacy. And when you look back, you think, wow, I didn't realize I was just doing that to people, to people's lives. And that's what, for me, that's at least what I can get back. Even though sometimes the days are tough, that's what I can get back when I get home. Well, look, as an entrepreneur, most days are tough, but I think it takes a very secure and a powerful leader and CEO to want to surround themselves with better people, to have the confidence and not have the insecurities to say, you know what, I want people better. Because end of the day, A, they make us look better, which I'm surrounded with people a lot smarter than me, which was easy for me, I was never smart at school. Exactly, yeah. But 
It also gives you a sense of accomplishment to be around people because they lift your game as well. Yes. And it also lifts your team's game. It means they can make more money, they can grow, they can help your clients. But not many people are as forthcoming to say that. And it's a very good objective to actually surround yourself with better and smarter people. And if people come to me and I say, Carlos, I've got an idea and I want to now leave you because I want to become an entrepreneur. I say, I want to be your first investor. Don't take me wrong. I actually want people to succeed. But succeeding, it doesn't mean you need to have a business. That's the mindset that people sometimes get confused. Being an entrepreneur, it's really disrupting something you're doing. If you want to be a business owner, that's a different story altogether. So I want to empower people to be what they want to be, but they need to be the best in their game. And to do that, they need to have passion. And passion, you can't give it to anyone. Drive is good. Branson says that better than anyone. He says, I want to train people well enough they can leave but treat them that good that I never want to. That's exactly right. And I love that. And when I, as I mentioned to you off camera, when I met Branson in June, I was taken back how good he was. I never knew he had 500 companies, 90,000 people that work for him. I was lucky enough to have a breakfast with him. I played snook with him on his private island in Necker. Yep. And the way he was with his people was amazing. And I said to him, Richard, can I ask you a question? And he goes, yeah. How do you find so many like-minded people? He goes, I'm in the people bit. I love people. And it comes off when you go into his land, it comes into his businesses, and it's actually amazing. And when I hear you speak like that, it brings me back to that conversation when I had with Branton. It's absolutely amazing. And that's, I guess, people, they, they have their different objectives in life. So some people, they really want to grow and then make a lot of money. Some people want to grow and go, for example, to the US with their businesses. Some people want to raise capital. So you've got all these different ideas when you go into a room. But the main thing is, you need to have a network of people that they are happy to support you. So when you get to the level usually we do, what happens most of the times, you feel alone because you are by yourself. And sometimes it's not because you want to, it's just because you really can't find enough people sometimes to just share your successes. But sometimes you're like, wow, I lost this contract. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do next? So and the idea when you surround yourself with like-minded people is that they have been maybe they have gone through something similar and they're going to get to you and say hey that's the way i actually got out of that and when you actually bring that into your mind you start going like oh okay that's actually a very interesting way for us to do that and in my mind in my days that's exactly what i do sometimes when, when days are tough i'll go back and i say hang on um, i actually remember when i was talking to chris Chris mentioned that to me, and then maybe I'll give you a phone call, or you know, maybe, hey, do you want to have a coffee? And then that, those, that, those conversations that you have with other entrepreneurs, they'll bring you back on, on track and inspire you. That's I believe, and I've said it many times, your network is your net worth. But having that, sometimes it is lonely being a CEO, but having that like-minded people, because I'm a member of a lot of clubs, and just knowing what you're going through, and you mentioned successes, but you've only had a number of successes. I feel anyone, because they've had a number of failures. They asked this great CEO, what's the secret to success? He said two words, good decisions. They go, how do you make good decisions? He said one word, he said, um, mistakes. How do you learn from your mistakes? He goes, from all our experiences. And it comes down to all that, learning from your experiences and getting better. But surrounding yourself with the right CEOs, I think, or the right people, which is why I love being at these awards. It's the first time I've met you and I'm hoping we can stay connected after that. And, and when I come to Sydney, we can speak because meeting like-minded people is very important, I think, in your journey. And also, they can see different angles for your business and for your clients. And when I meet someone that's been in this country for 11 years, that couldn't speak English, 
that runs multiple businesses and that has 100 people, I'll, I'll say, take my hat off and say, well done, because that's admirable. And I know the listeners will get a lot of, of your experience. Let me ask you, what was the one key factor where you really thought, Carlos, I have to back myself here and you had to put everything at it. If you had to put one key moment in your career where you had to say, I've got to back myself here, I'm going all in, what would that moment be? I think it was exactly the moment I made a decision to stay in Australia. So when I was learning English, and, and make no mistake, uh, I couldn't speak a word, but then I also wouldn't take um, you know, a bad English back home. So I made a decision to stay to learn English. And the process, I think I just put myself out there. And that was the moment that clicked. And I said, it doesn't really matter if I'm going to have a company, if I'm going to work for somebody else, or whatever I'm going to be doing it, which means if I back myself on that moment and I believe I can do it, I will be speaking English. And that was the moment that clicked. So and because of that, I have to be very honest with you, it may be that decision attracted everything else that happened to me. And of course, even though you've got issues, the resilience to say, you know what? Okay, that didn't work. Now I know that that doesn't work. So let's go next. And that's one thing that when I speak to people and I make 100% sure, I always keep myself very simple, clear and honest. I can have all these businesses today and tomorrow I may lose everything. It doesn't matter. I could actually go and go back and start doing cocktails as one of the, you know, the, the jobs I did in the beginning. But I'm going to, are you making sure about that? I'm going probably to be one of the best guys and the happiest ones making the cocktail. Because it's all about the attitude. It's not about I failed and now I'm a failure. I failed and what I learned from, and then I'm just applying something else. And that's for me the most important thing. So it's about good energy. It's about surrounding yourself with good people. Having a smile on your face, and something that I say as well, you're gonna to have to tackle the challenge whether you smile or not. I say to my team, smile. A, it makes you feel better, and B, if I'm gonna tackle it, I wanna do it with a smile on my face because it's gonna make me feel better and people around me. And I guess this is the Brazilian attitude. Everything you guys do are extremely passionate, whether it be soccer, which you football, soccer, yeah. you call it soccer, yes? Yeah. yes. No, fo yes, soccer. soccer. And Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I'm a very big fan of, Hoist Gracie and all that family. Yes. It's like a religion over there for you guys, those sports, isn't it? It is, actually. We play soccer when we were kids. When we, you know, we pretty much start walking, the second thing is soccer. Excellent. <laughs> well, look, Carlos, thank you very much. Is there one more thing you'd like to share with us before we um, call it a day? Guys, I think the most important thing is, it's not about how many businesses you're going to have, it's not about how big you can become, it's all about your passion. Making 100% sure as a CEO, you do those two things. You're making sure that your mission is correct and your team knows and understands that. And the second thing is, make enough money for your team to go and execute it. That's always important as well. Carlos, I cannot tell you how much you enjoyed. Father of two, man who runs multiple businesses, over 100 employees, couldn't speak English. One of the leading entrepreneurs in Sydney and Australia. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, Carlos. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you very much, guys.